Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You're ready for the stuff you crave. It's the Palazzo Podcast, episode 139 with Michael Govier and Christopher Deary. You guys have a need, the need for more information. And that's what we give to you on the Palazzo Podcast. We finally get to the exhausted and completely tapped out for any further content. Battle of the Podcast Season 3. Yes, Deary and Bovier both drafted. And they're going to talk about roster construction and draft strategy. There's no baseball today, but that doesn't mean there won't be baseball next week. Who the hell knows? It's a mystery. These two groups of human beings loathe each other, and there's no reason to think that it'll come to a closure anytime soon. But remain hopeful, because in the end, all we have is the Palazzo Podcast, hope, and baseball. Love, family, fellowship, these are all secondary. Am I right? At any rate, settle in for another doozy of an episode, because we're going to give it to you with both barrels fully loaded. Take it away, boys! It's time for the Plaza Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. You talk. Give me two. You know what you want. You know what you need here. Christopher Deary, Michael Govier, MJ Govier, C. Deary, 1999 on Twitter. Plaza Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. I just you said talk. that. You already know that. Give me two. We're here to talk about baseball, even though there is no baseball. Maybe there will be baseball. Who's to say what the hell will happen? Nobody knows. Nobody has the answers, least of all us. So if you're looking for answers here to that, we can't tell you anything. What can we tell you, Deary? We're just a couple of bozos. Yeah, I'm just a guy in a pod speaking into a mic about some people that I don't know that are going to perform and hopefully win us all money. Well, I mean, we do like money, and money's helpful, so if we could get some of that, that would be cool, too. So three cheers for money! We also want to congratulate all of you. You helped us get there. 200 subscribers, dearie. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it! about that feels good to be alive feels good to connect with everybody we're on our way to 250 now and the growth is real we appreciate that it might sound like small potatoes to some people but it's been a long road it's hard hard for some reason to grow a youtube channel maybe that implies that we suck and nobody cares (laughs) therefore we shouldn't be doing it in the first place so that's something i've thought about i don't dismiss that but same time i feel like we offer something unique in this atmosphere in a world that is filled with a lot of bickering complaining frustration anger we try to bring some joy to your world so the fact that we have 201 subscribers today that means you appreciate that joy and we appreciate you thank you go tigers uh dearie what's on your mind tonight how you feeling i don't think i could name 200 people that i know but apparently 200 people know who we are so that gives me some uh, excitement. <laughs> well, there could be several people who are 
are subscribing to this channel who don't even know it exists and they've never been back since they subscribed. And that's fine too. We'll take the number. You could just do that yourself. If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just click on the sub button and move on and never come back if you so choose. However, we would much prefer if you could be like Brian K. Rodgman here and interact with us in the live chat, share your thoughts and opinions on what's going on with baseball, the lockout. Do you guys think it's going to come to an end soon? We are literally, Deary, right now. Today is seven weeks from opening day 2022, Holy March shit. 31st. It starts on a Thursday. Oh, my God, will, March. Yeah, March is right yeah. around the corner. Will the season start on time, Deary, March 31st? No, but I don't think it's going to be delayed too much. That's just the optimist in me. Uh, I don't think it should ever start in March anyways. Uh, I'd be fine with mid-April, and I'd be okay with it. Now, the question is going to be how late will the season go? Will they schedule some double headers into there? But who fucking knows? I could be completely wrong, and maybe we don't start till June. It's a doozy. I'll tell you this. It's something that I have been bummed about. Yeah. I've expected this for a long, long time. But I thought maybe you'd be a little more optimistic. Today, there was some news saying, that, hey, it looks like we got a... Official agreement on a universal DH, which is not a shock whatsoever to anybody on this show at all. No, 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 no. No, it is not. Does that mean that we're getting closer? That is some progress that we absolutely wanted to see. I was going to be really frustrated if they came to type uh, to any type of agreement without a universal DH. I would have been like, what the hell are you guys even meeting for? And obviously, they should have been able to hammer this stuff out last year. And it's like this in every organization. They wait all the way till it's completely over, and then they do nothing during the offseason. Then it's like go time where we're a couple of weeks from spring. I mean, shit, spring training is supposed to start. Pitchers to catcher sport supposed to start next week. But then they just wait too long for this stuff. So it's just like, but there's, I mean, there's some players that are coming out. Um, I know Aaron Judge came out and said there was some good meetings today, that they're getting closer. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that Rob Manfred is an absolute scumbag. <laughs> but I mean, at least for our sake, give us, give us something we want. Right. I, I'm not the biggest NBA fan, especially when your team, the Pistons, are garbage. Ooh. University of Michigan basketball's crap this year. I got offered Big free trade, tickets. though. Marvin Bagley's here. Get out of here. I got offered free tickets to the Michigan basketball game tonight, and I said no because they're just a middling team this year. I need my baseball, man, and I need it soon. Hey, I understand. I know how you feel. You are not alone. A lot of us want our baseball. I don't want to draft unless we have baseball. I'm really just hesitant right now. I got offered a couple opportunities recently to draft. I turned them down. I'm That's smart. Ready. That's smart. You're taking some dairy advice. Wait. Well, just wait. yeah. Just yeah, wait. you're a smart man. I should listen to you. You know what you're doing. I just feel like there's... Oh. I know. I know. In the end, we're about trying to get it right. If we don't get it right, then we got it wrong. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just blabbing on here. I don't have a point. Let's move on. So uh, I wish baseball's here is not here. I already said last night on Twitter I would give my left nut as long as that means I could still be the person I need to be in life. I would I want it that bad. I would love to have some baseball ready to go. But I agree with you that if it didn't start on time, I would be fine with that. I will also tell you that there, I still think it's possible they do start on opening day if a deal could suddenly just come together. Sometimes these things can move quickly. But to say that, is really defying and ignoring all of the evidence you have before you here. They're still far apart on a lot of the crucial points in this deal. So if you think that it's coming soon, I appreciate being an optimist, but there's a it's, time and a place for realism. It's optimistic hope. We all we all have it. Yeah. 
anybody could say it. It see, it doesn't cost you anything either. It's like, oh yeah, I really own you could come together any minute. And you know, the lockout technically is run by the owners. They could lift the lockout. This is a fact. And then there could be a spring training under no deal still. Okay. While there's being a deal negotiated. That could happen technically. So I don't know. But let's fuck these people. Fuck all you. You're making life challenging for us. We just want to have our we just want to have our routines. We don't want our lives to be interrupted. It's about us. It's not about you. But no, I'm kidding. I stand for a player's fight here. There were things that need to change and need to be addressed in this CBA. So it's worth it. You make a sacrifice for the greater good of the game. And I'm with that all the way. Woohoo! Support the players all day. Go team. So on today's show, uh, we're going to talk about our battle of the podcast draft. Talk about roster construction and strategy, how we put our teams together and why. Remember, it's a draft and hold, so it will be specific. And there's already been several podcasts that have covered this, so it's kind of like, hey, we were supposed to do this last week. Uh, Deary had a little, there was a little issue last week. Deary's power went out, and then there was some issues. There's hiccups happened, so. everywhere, man. I feel like we're so behind this year. I think last year we were like 75 pods in since January 1st at this point. Well, technically, that is true. In terms of number of pods that we did by this point last year to what we've done so far, you're right. We've, we're already way, way, way ahead of that. But there's been the lockout, so who cares? And there's also been this sense of the coverage right now and the people doing podcasts, they're covering this shit to the yeah. max. Yeah. And we feel like, what else do you need from us? What can we provide to you that you're not already getting? Tell us what that is, too. You know, email the show, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Or you can DM us at two. the Twitter handle or DM me directly, MJ Govier or C Deary1999. That's up to you, but what else do you need? So it's a, you're getting everything you want right now. And the running gag around a lot of podcasts recently is it's. I saw a tweet today. I think it was Mark Kiefer pointing this out. Shout out to Mark Kiefer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it it's the same cast of characters on every... Yeah. I could read it verbatim if I want to, so it's, I don't <laughs> misquote you, Mark. Let me pull that up for you. Hang on a second. It's basically a, a whole point about, hey, you know, it seems like the same people are on the same podcast over and over and over again. And, you know, I think that's just kind of a little bit lazy. It's like, yeah, okay, I guess that's true. But there's also... Yeah, real talk. There are a lot of good podcasts out there in the fantasy space, but it really is just a collection of the same group of people making the rounds, switching off guest spots. There it is. How about that? Hardcore. That's 100% true. I mean, we could easily be going through true. our wow. we could easily be going through our second base rankings today or catcher rankings and, you know, props to all the other pods that are out there doing right now, but you know, I don't want to follow what everyone else is doing. I, this is why we did the Rumble a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're here to entertain as, as long as as well as give you some you know fantasy baseball insight. So we're going to continue doing what we do. Um, obviously, we haven't been as consistent as we were last year, but we're still around. And as the season gets closer and we get closer to a deal, we're going to continue to talk baseball. And we're going to do it in a fun way to entertain you as well. No doubt about it. We're here to give you guys what you want. A few laughs, talk about some random shit, talk about baseball too. Uh, Brian says, learn a lot, laugh a lot. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we do here on the Plaza Podcast. It's all about the connections. It's about connections, man, right? That's what I learned. It's about growing with one another and saying, hey, you're all right, fella or feller. Actually, wouldn't fella, fella. be a female and feller would be a male? That's weird. <laughs> wow, fella I've ref- never thought about that. Right? I don't know. I don't, the genderized version of the... Anyways, it doesn't matter. 
Last thing I want to do here is talk about females in fantasy because that's been a Twitter nightmare. Not a nightmare. It's just been a... Listen, guys. Gals, everybody. <laughs> you will not come to an understanding on Twitter. You will no. not find common ground on a topic that is so complicated and not simple of any measure, especially when it comes to women in baseball. You're not going to find the answers on Twitter. You have to get out in the real world and connect with people, have discussions verbally, face-to-face, or at least through a medium like this, a Zoom call at the minimum, and talk to each other about what's really going on with these issues and listen more than talk. You have to listen more and probably listen to the people who are experiencing the challenge that is being brought forth. Whatever the circumstance is, you will not find the answers on Twitter to any type of (laughs) challenge or problem that is presenting itself in a space. Twitter is not the answer. And when when will people learn that? This is not a shot at anyone in particular at all. No, this is just a general announcement. Twitter sucks for finding the answers to problematic issues. <laughs> breaking news? <laughs> yeah, breaking news. Do, 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 do. I, you guys are adults. You guys know this too. So now you feel like I'm condescending you guys because you know the truth. I don't need to tell you this either. And I'm no better than anybody. Me and Deary are just a couple of bozos doing a baseball podcast. We're... White males, too, so fuck us. Who cares about us? Our opinions don't mean shit, and that's fine, too. We've had our run. It's been a great run for white males for centuries. Party's over. I agree. <laughs> we get that, too. Just If you really want to see the insane discourse that happens on Twitter, just go ahead to the trending topics and then look at all of the tweets and responses of anyone who's on there. Trevor Bauer a couple of years, a couple of days ago, this Giambi thing, you know, really really sad that he passed away and there's people going back and forth about like how he died and people saying oh well he didn't slide at first oh how dare you say that because he's now passed away and it's like why are you having these arguments on twitter like fucking quit it it's 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 stupid people just want to like get on their high horse put other people down and obviously people get on twitter just to piss all over everybody else that's not what the space should be meant for but obviously people are going to go on there and do that it's why i don't engage as much as i should yeah, that's fair. It's completely fair. In fact, that's well said, dear. We'll leave it there. So I don't know how that happened. I just want to let you guys know that uh, we're trying to learn about baseball here, but baseball's stagnated right now. It's tough to talk about the game and get ready for the season when there's still there's a lot of answers that need to be had with roster construction. So at the same time, you have to go to real-world experiences if you're going to try to address issues that exist in fantasy baseball. If you're a baseball fan or a fantasy baseball lover, you have to go to in-person events and talk to people one-on-one, have phone calls, start making connections outside of social media. Uh, also, don't put, don't have issues hashed out in a public forum when you could address them privately much more adequately and with better results because people don't deserve to have their business put out online in any way, then they don't deserve to have, I don't think anybody deserves to have to debate things that are complex and not black and white in a public forum. They should be done offline and in real time. I think that's what I've learned this week, whether it was 
Chris Clegg being called out by some guy unfairly for saying that he took his his samples of stuff. I, there's just been a bunch of stuff recently, and yeah. it's also reminding me like Twitter is a place that I I like Twitter because I make it what I want it to be for my own life. You engage I, in I positive. You engage in positive discussion there. You, if there's something controversial out there, you stay away because you know you're not going to be able to make your point through your 220 characters or whatever. Like you want to sit down and actually have these conversations, whether it's on Zoom or in person, making thorough connections. Like nothing is going to be debated or discussed through text or through email. It needs to be one-on-one to where you can actually get an understanding. So it's it's really frustrating when that happens. You know, I've read that stuff that happened to Chris, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. This guy's been doing his own work for years, and one person shits on you, and then everyone else piles on, and it's like it's bullshit. Yep, there it is. That's what I'm talking about right there. And this is what it feels like to try to f- come to a reasonable conclusion in a complicated debate on Twitter. Ah! Yep, that about sums it up. This so isn't luck for is death. I do- this yeah. is fantasy baseball. This is a game. I, I know it's more than a game for some people, especially when they invest the amount of money that they invest. But, I mean, this is a hobby for me. This is a game. Sure, we're dealing with human lives in terms of the players that are, you know, we're putting money in on and, and drafting. But, like, yeah. in the end, this is a game. This is supposed to be something that is fun. Yes, absolutely. Look, we're not even making a good point here. I don't know what the hell's going on. But <laughs> we're just rambling. We, we're just ramble talk. Yeah, I got coffee. Rambling. I got water. I got bourbon. We're just going. <laughs> Okay, good. Brian says, call me a fool, Mr. T-Style. But when Manfred spoke, I got hope. <laughs> you sad <laughs> bastard. You poor bastard. Siding oh, with Manfred. Man. That's, that's really too bad. There was reports coming out for Thursday today, prior to today, that there would be an announcement about the delay of spring training, but then it wasn't delayed. So it's just this game of extreme... Black ops and counter manipulation. Black ops ops and counter manipulation. This is great language. That's what it is. It's espionage going on here with these two sides. And the media is a game piece that is mixed into this overall chaos. So, Brian, you You know we love you here. Black ops, espionage. We're being held hostage. This is real guerrilla warfare here. Yeah, this is. It really is. We love you, Brian, but I want you to be happy, too, and I want you to have a counterproposal that gets you excited and that brings you baseball suddenly because the owner's meetings happened this week, too, so a lot of people had this hope that, all right, out of the owner's meetings, they're going to come this possible reality of a season on the brink, which would be fantastic, but unfortunately. So go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music. See if I care. Yeah, well, that might happen, too, but... Yeah. Brian says, uh, hopefully Saturday's proposal is not bad. We'll find out. We're done with that. You can't know what's going to happen here. You can know that there is tension and challenges. That is a fact, though. Those are facts. And if you... I, now I feel like... Why do we bring this Twitter shit up? Now, it's just only going to serve to put us... People are going to label us into sides now, like we're taking sides, too. Now I just regret it. I regret it entirely because this what? is what people do. But you go ahead and label us. You do what you got to do, people. Put me where you want to put me. Place me where you want to place me because I know who I am. Deary knows who he is. We have lives that we enjoy, and we're going to keep living them. They definitely don't have anything to do with Twitter. Right? Correct. Correct. (laughs) Look, people know us well enough that we're not putting anyone else down here. We're just upset with the, you know, the 
frustration that is going on in Twitter. And I don't like when people are calling people out on Twitter. That's just not my bag. I've never been like that. I don't like bullies. I'm not calling people bullies right now, but I don't like bullies. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't. Yes. I don't like him either. Okay. So uh, we really didn't make any clear points there. All I'm saying is, hey, let's learn to connect with each other through real methods and means. Having said that, it's time to move into the business of the day, and that's what we do here. Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Give me two. You can hook up with us anytime, anywhere you feel like by subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on your favorite podcast platform. Five-star rating. A five-star rating would be great. We'd love that. (laughs) Yep, we would. Thank you very much, of course. And don't forget that the show is still growing, and we can only grow... If you guys give us reviews on Apple where you write it out and take a moment. So if you've never reviewed the show on Apple with five stars, take a moment to do that and also do it on Spotify. And I know there's a, see, everything we walk into now, they're, oh, Spotify, go wrong. We can't. Should we get off Spotify now? (laughs) Fuck no. No, I don't give a fuck Joe Rogan, but fuck, you know, you're not going to tell me. I'm not going to make these decisions about my life because you have this agenda that you're fighting. I don't, I don't give a fuck about Joe Rogan at all. What I do care about is I have built almost 10 years worth of unique playlists on Spotify. I'm not walking away from that now. Someone at work asked me if I was canceling my Spotify, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I have spent almost a decade collecting everything I've ever wanted on there. I have like 200 different playlists. I follow, geez, thousands and thousands upon artists. I'm like, I'm not canceling a Spotify because of one bozo. Come on now. <laughs> That's how I feel. Joe Rogan, you're not gonna take away my playlist. You know how hard it is to make these playlists? I go I have Spotify since 2012. It's the 10 year anniversary right now. I think I truly signed up in like February yeah. of 2012 when I lived in Ferndale. So we were in early for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember Janicek, our friend, shout out to him. Told, he's like, Yeah, you gotta check out this Spotify thing, man. I'm like, what? And that's where it all started. So. And now it's it wasn't a fluke. It's how it is. Of course. They totally fuck over artists. It's just awful. And that does bum me out. Point zero 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 third of a penny. <laughs> yeah. It gets zero 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 three six per per uh, stream. Of, of a cent per Yes, play. of one cent. Per play. Yeah. There's only I heard the really good stuff about this. There's a new article that came out recently about the numbers and the money of Spotify. There's only seventy eight hundred people. 7,800 artists that make $100,000 a year on Spotify. 7,800 artists. Now, there's probably an endless amount of artists. Think about it. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions. It doesn't take much to get shit on Spotify. Uh, All right, well, let's talk about something more fun. Let's get out of this. Yeah, Yeah, what are we doing? What happened to us? It's been a good day. (laughs) Yeah, it's not cool anymore. You know, we're trying to change, we're trying to grow, we're trying to get better, but at the same time, we're still trying to learn. So if you have any ideas for the show, make sure Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We're doing business. You're damn right we're doing business here. And hopefully we keep doing business and we grow as a show. Remember, we're an independent podcast. We are part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network, and that's true. I am a co-owner of Rota Fanatic, a website where you can go check out anything you need to know about fantasy baseball. we got the data monster. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. But we are independent. So anything you can do to contribute to the show. We do have costs, believe it or not. It does take 
I think it costs like 150 bucks a year to run this show, technically, uh, monetarily-wise. So if you'd like to donate, we have all that information in our description of each show for PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, blah, 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 whatever you prefer. So. Oh, that's not the one I wanted. God damn it, anyway. Screwed up. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. Oh, there we Louis. go. Tribute to Louis Anderson. We'll miss you, buddy. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been asking about the Plaza Podcast Invitational. I mean... When yeah, what's going on? Thing? It's, are we waiting? It's February now. We're we're on the brink here, so we're closed. It's almost time. We did it last February. Okay. Well, Richard's know. the new commissioner. He gets to pick the format, so... <laughs> Has he been pushing you for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please read that right now. By the way, Vanilla Ice said he's going to pull his song off Spotify. Brian K. Rodman, thank you. His thank one you song. That. That's too bad. Oh. Uh, Jasper says, this the roster construction episode or is that another day? <laughs> Zing! That's a good one. You really you got me there. I definitely deserve that. Well said, sir. Yes, we're getting on track. We're getting through the housekeeping, and then we're going to get down to business with roster construction. And we're going to talk about... Look, on this show, we're going to talk about our Battle of the Podcast draft. We're also going to talk about this video from Andy Andres talking about the sticky stuff results from 2021. Really great mm. video. I want to shout out Baseball Pod, who led me on the right path to find that video. So good stuff. We'll talk about what we know nice. about the sticky stuff from 2021. Truly, based on actual data, not just a bunch of conjecture and hearsay. Uh, yeah, and then the trophy's still in works. I'm still working on that with this local guy here, so whatever. It'll get done. Richard Sands, you know I will not let you down. I'll get it done. Just like the lockout <laughs> drags on, our trophy challenge drags on. It's uh, Just win it again, Rich, and we give you two trophies. <laughs> yeah, how about that? We'll give you a trophy with two of them. So, yeah, that sounds good. Zing! By the way, Jasper, that was a great joke. Well said. And then uh, thanks to all our new followers on Twitter. You guys are helping us grow over there, and we do appreciate that. We do love you. You guys make the show better by being a part of it. The show would suck without you. It's not just a bunch of double talk for me. It's not. Get your ass over here and be a part of the show. Drop some chat in the live stream conversation anytime you want to. It'll be a lot of fun. Deary loves it. I love it. We love doing it. Don't forget we do the Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time with Phil Goyette. We started breaking down the AL East prospects on the last show. We'll continue that next week, and we'll move into the AL Central. And it's only 30 minutes or less. So if you're a busy person and you only have so much time, this is a perfect show for you. 30 minutes of prospect talks. Get in, get out, get on with your life. Brilliant. Easy does it. No problem. And I think that about covers it for all the business. Yeah, blah, blah, same old stuff. Uh, FTN Draft Guide is still out there, ftnfantasy.com. I wrote a big piece in it about head-to-head. A lot of your drafts will be picking up, or maybe they are picking up soon. You're going to need that head-to-head piece without a doubt. You don't want to go into your draft without it if you play head-to-head fantasy baseball. Trust me. Don't want to let yourself down there. And uh, uh, check out Reliever Recon. Always try to push them. They're really good people. Uh, shout out to Justin Mason too. TGFBI leagues have been released. We're ready to go. Hey, Matthew Z, what's up? Good to see you on the main show, brother. Matthew Z is always a regular on the prospect show, but now he's making his debut over here. Good to see you, brother. What up? Uh, so Justin put out all the TGFBI leagues over the weekend. Uh, Chris, which league are you in? 
one of them. <laughs> I, I watched the I watched the live stream. I think I'm in like 18 or 19. Um, I didn't you write down who was in your league. I didn't write down who was in my league. It seemed like some heavy hitters, but then no one like tweeted out like all the people that were in my league. Usually, someone in the league tweets out like everybody who's in it. That didn't happen, and I just haven't had the time to go back and listen. I, I think it might be best that I don't know who's in my league going before the draft because then I might just get completely freaked out. Um, but I'm excited to be back for year two. Okay, he's excited, folks. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. That's exciting. That's marvelous. Yes, TGFBI is exciting. Drafts are starting up pretty soon, so get ready for that at the end of the month. And thank you for Justin for putting that together. I know he puts a lot of time and energy into it, and he does it all for free, guys. Free. So let's give Justin all the love in the world. He deserves it. Justin, I love you, buddy. You're my friend. No matter what happens on any given day, I love you and Danielle very much, and you guys are great people. And it may see you, may see you next month in Vegas. I might be going out to Vegas for the main event, big Vegas, draft baby. stuff. I, I don't know if it's happening or not. It might happen. It's been discussed. It's on the table. I don't want to make any promises I can't keep just yet. But uh, check out the FTN Fantasy Guide, Reliever Recon, and connect with all these wonderful people. There's too many cool people to name in one sitting. If you love the show, come and DM us and remind us why you love the show, and we'll shout you out on the next show, too. We will do that. We do care about you. All right. So there it is, all the preamble trash. That's over with now. We can move into what we call leading off. Leading off today, I want to talk about this video from Andy Andres. Great video. Strongly recommend it. In fact, I'll put the link here in the live chat in case you missed it. I also posted it on my Twitter the other day. Really good stuff. Deary, did you get a chance to watch this at all? I have not watched it, no. I'm saying it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so I'm behind. So Fuck. It's only 20 minutes long. It's not long oh, yeah. either. It's not like some massive commitment. Yeah. You got 20 okay. minutes, right? Let's just go on mute right now and we'll all watch it together. Will we lose anybody? <laughs> I mean, we could do that. That's true. Is anybody here? Oh, uh, does anybody really know what time it is? I don't know. I will say that this is the type of stuff that is, I love this stuff because when it's done right, and Andy Andres is, he's like hes like a sabermetrician wizard, okay? He's been following and working on this stuff for a long time. I think he writes over at Baseball HQ as well. And... His breakdown of this is fantastic because it's all about what we learned about the sticky stuff and then what it told us after they cut it out of the game and how spin rates really do affect hitters striking out. And forget breaking balls. Forget sliders. Just a forcing fastball. He talks a lot about how the gunk really improved the ability of a forcing fastball to rise like it does. Mm-hmm. And the spin rate was so much faster that just that extra bit of spin could get the ball to slip past the bat and you would strike out. Wow. Just on fastballs. So I don't think anybody doubts that spin rates help pitchers, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So in case you ever did, for the record, I mean, this, this is already put to bed, but just in case you were like, ah, I don't know, spin rates are just a bunch of crap. Who cares? They no, definitely... and I, I I, mean, I always believe that it wasn't just your your breaking stuff, that it was your two-seamers, especially your two-seamers, and even your four-seamers. You know, someone who pitched growing up, I, I could definitely realize that that stuff would help every single type of pitch that you're throwing at the batter. 
Yeah, it can make a batter just look really, really foolish. Say, boy, you cover, I say, you cover about as much as a flapper skirt in a high wind. Yeah, that's what you feel like after you strike out and you can't hit those damn four-seam fastballs. You feel like foghorn leg going. You, you feel like a fool, a doofus, a total doofus. And I'll tell you this. Nobody wants to be a doofus unless it's the cool bozo doofus like us, which is what we do on the show. We're the cool bozos. And we're here <laughs> to give you what you want on the Plaza Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. You talk. Give me two. But uh, I think I'm going to play a clip here. So let me just play a little clip of this. I hope you don't mind. It could be boring. You could be like, oh, this sucks. This is not fun. But I think you're going to find this of use because when this guy, Andy, breaks it down for you, he shows you what happens in the game. And I just want to give you guys a tiny taste. If you don't like it, you can tell me to go to hell. If you listen to the podcast version, you'll be like, oh, dude, I don't know what this is. You can still hear the audio. You're going to miss out on the video. I do admit that freely, and I do apologize for that. So, all right, here we go. Uh, let me know if you can hear this or not, dearie. Can you hear this? No. Yeah, this doesn't help anything, does it? <laughs> all right, well, let me show some. Uh... So here... Here is one of his charts, and this shows the sticky stuff in the game. This is the MLB mean monthly WOBA from 2010 to 2019. It starts here and goes all the way to here throughout the year. And it goes up, and it went way down in September and October usually every year. This is year to year. And then these green stickers are 2021. In fact, I'm explaining this horribly, so this is a bad chart. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is bad. I'm looking really foolish right now. Let's try this chart. How about this one? Look at this. Okay, this one's much more understandable. You, you have to show the chart, Mike. You can't see it? No. What do you see right now? I just see you. You're just looking <laughs> at me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's Sorry, weird. dude. I thought I was sharing my screen. Nope. Segment broken. <laughs> what do you see right now? I just see you, man. That doesn't make sense. Oh, Sorry. you guys have been looking at me the whole time, haven't you? Shit! Yeah. Okay, you have to add this to the stream now? I never asked for this. Now I'm what? Pissed. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Ooh, yeah. look at this. Here we go. Oh, wow. All right, so this is the this four is like the seam. Doppler. Yeah, look at this. this is, look at this gunk up here in the upper right-hand corner. <laughs> look at that ball. It's good. <laughs> looks like it's got semen dripping down. From <laughs> it does. That does not look like gunk. That looks like somebody jizzed all over the baseball. It's disgusting. Uh so this is a four-seam fastball spin for 2021, and this goes for the beginning of the year, and the middle of the chart here is July. And remember when the gunk was taken out of the game? Right around June 21st, if you recall. So these are these are spin rates of it? This is the spin rate of just four-seam fastballs. Wow. But look what happens here. So look where it was. It goes back up. This is 2021. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. To the right here. It's not at the levels where the gunk was at its highest year in 2020 mm -hmm. and 2021. Look at this huge jump, too, because over here on the left, this is 2018. And then it jumps to 2019 in one of the biggest jumps of them all. The biggest wow. gap was from 18 to 19. And then 19 to 20. And then a little bit less from 20 to 21. But then it falls when the gunk is taken out, but it goes up. So... What's so that gray is that so that gray line there with the blue in between that's all of 2021 right yes so it starts high dips down a little bit midway through and then it actually starts to slowly rise as we get to the end correct exactly so why would that happen I don't know <laughs> I did really bad in like science class <laughs> I don't know 
the point is that they still had they found new ways to get the gunk going. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> okay. Even though they were being checked like crazy, that kind of slowed down later on. And then they found new secretive ways. And not everybody was doing it. A lot less people were doing it. But enough people did it. That's the only way because there's just no other way to get the spin rate to move so quickly. That That's what is proven by his entire presentation. And again, I encourage you to watch it. It's only 20 minutes. I posted the link. Yeah, well, just same new old gunk. gunk. New no, you just back. You oh, find you. new ways to hide, and obviously, as so they cracked down on it, and were really, really vigilant at the start, and then it started to kind of lessen, and obviously, yep. guys started finding new gunk, new different ways to put some type of foreign object onto the ball, which is always going to happen. Don't think it had. Don't think this just started. This has been happening since the beginning of time and the beginning of sports of. Throwing a ball, trying to get it past a wooden bat. <laughs> That's true. But it does show you the pitchers you thought might be off the gunk. You don't know that entirely. They're going to still find ways to get around it. We just couldn't know who they are. But to dismiss the gunk as being removed from baseball based on this presentation by one of the most astute sabermetric leaders in the business. This is a real deal. Interesting. This is what's happening. So just think about that. A little bit of tidbit. I know we're not we're trying to get us back focused on the baseball of things here. So that is what it's all about right there. Uh, I want to talk about, our, by the way, I put the live link in our chat for 10,000th time. I'll, maybe I'll put it in the description for this podcast version too so you podcast people can watch it on your own time. What about the player to be named later Dynasty League? How's that going for you, dear? You and I joined up with Bobby. Bobby, Robbie from the Dingers podcast. Shout out to Robbie, our Canadian brethren. And uh, we've been in this league. The restricted free agency period is about wrapped up, and our prospect draft happens next week. How are you feeling? Yeah, so the prospect draft will start the 14th. I was active in bidding in the restricted free agent uh, signing period, but I didn't come away with anybody. And it's mainly because these prices got really, really high on a lot of players. I just couldn't see myself spending anywhere from 18 to close to almost 30% of my money on a player. Now, I mean, I the thing that. was, is there was probably wow. only about 10 to 12 guys that were putting bids out. When we get to the free agent pool coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks, after we do the prospect draft here next week, it's going to be real tough because there's going to be 20 other 29 other owners bidding on players. So it's going to be tough. But, I mean, just, just looking at some of these guys, the one guy that was most active, there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen. The one guy I was probably most active on was was Nick Castellanos, trying to go after him. But as soon as it got to about $26 million, we have a $210, $210 million budget. Um, I got Trey Turner at $29 million um, in our dispersal draft. I got about $110 million left to spend here. Nick Castellanos, the highest bid I ended up going on him was, I think, 24 or 25 million. He ended up going for 29 and a half million. It went really, really high. Some of these pitchers, I mean, Verlander went for close to 30 million. Uh, Wheeler went for 38 million. Garrett Cole went for 45 million. That's like 35% of your wow. of your budget. Uh, Musgrove was in the 30 million range. Eduardo Rodriguez went for 26 million. Like it got really, really high. Matt Olson, 31 million. So I had to bow out. Uh, I was, I was really in on a couple of these players, but I just couldn't see myself spending that much money. Um, I think this first season is going to be a learning experience. 
you know, you and I took over previous teams. We were part of the dispersal draft. So we had the opportunity to, you know, construct our, our, our own teams, but we're working with eight other teams that were in the dispersal draft. So there's only a small collection of players that we could pick from. But, you know, this first year is going to be a big learning experience. Uh, it's a lot different than when you're going in fresh with 29 other owners and you're all on the same ground. Everyone's on different ground here. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I'm excited. It's a lot of information. I mean, I have my notifications set up on fan tracks and there's like three different group me messages, things, things going on. So that's going off constantly. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a little overwhelmed and a little scared. Me too. I don't know what the fuck's happening. I totally missed out on restricted free agency and that's fine. You guys got your people, and I don't feel like I'm any worse for the wear. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And when real free agency starts, hopefully I'll learn from this process and be ready to rock and make a difference to win this league. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Oh, come on. I mean, that's a little bit harsh. I think that's unnecessary. So, yeah, hope your guys' Dynasty first-year player drafts are kicking off soon and having fun with that. Uh, we cover that, too, on the Prospects show that we do with Phil Goyette. Follow Phil on Twitter at Phil of Sports. That's P-H-I-L of Sports. He's a great dude. He's a good man who lives in Ireland, by the way, in a former Michigander, which is cool. Isn't that cool? I found out from Phil, I, I posted... Uh... Pine Knob became Pine Knob again. You know, DTE, Pine Knob, uh, and DTE. Yeah. Everyone hates DT here. Yeah. Turns out, you know, this is our local uh, music amphitheater about an hour away from us. Uh, turns out that Phil and I were at the same Pearl Jam concert back in 2002. Wow. Yeah, that? so that was really cool. That's fun. Uh, Eddie Vedder's been getting into beef with Nikki Six lately. You know all about that? <laughs> yeah, Motley Crue versus Pearl Jam. Come on. Yeah, there's a big showdown. Pearl Jam versus Motley Crue. Who's going to win? Uh, yeah, dude rock like, versus misogynistic rock. <laughs> yeah, why would uh, I don't know why Pearl Jam would even get involved in that again. That seems like a Twitter mistake, and it yeah, is Twitter based. Yeah, so, it, what do you know? It's very Eddie likes actually engage in something like this. I'm a little disappointed that he even you know put himself out there and got into this Twitter spat that's going on. Yeah, I know that's why it's so bizarre. Oh, really? For yeah, sorry. Eddie, you're not a fool, but don't be a fool. So, Okay, let's get into our main course here. It's time to talk about the Battle of the Podcast Draft. What we waited for, it only took us 40 minutes to get into, roster construction and draft strategy. Again, apologies to those of you that have been waiting for this for so long, like Jasper Springer. We failed you, and we let you down. And we will try to do better, no doubt about it. Pearl Dram, of course. Yes, that's right. Arthur Tornabin Zales. What a great name. Arthur, good to see you. That's a new name to me. I don't know you. Welcome to the show. Let's uh, welcome you with an applause. Cue up, Arthur, cue up Arthur's theme right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. How often do you meet an Arthur in real life, right? I don't know any. Really don't. I don't either. Yeah. I've never met an Arthur in my life Thank that you. I can even think of. There was a show that was a cartoon called Arthur. There's also this movie, Arthur. This is Christopher Cross, one of the greatest songs ever written right here, Arthur's Theme. If you don't know this song, get a clue right now, okay? Once in your life, Classic. Her, Arthur, you ever heard this song before? I mean, you know Pearl Jam, but do you know this? This is your theme, dude. Arthur's Theme. Meant to be. Makes me feel better. Makes me in a better mood. 
beautiful. Arthur's name. Yeah, we should just do that every show. It'll just put us in a better mood. Right? Whoa, what just happened? Oh, that was lovely. <laughs> Brian says he's crying. <laughs> oh, no. Is that a sad song? I, we always think of that as a happy song. For us, it is. It probably is a sad song. I mean, you got a is depressive Arthur's... alcoholic in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but doesn't he like, I don't know, doesn't life work out for him? I don't know. He is. A, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's true. Christopher Cross has me sailing with this one. I do love this. But not the Russell Brand bastardized version of this movie. Uh oh, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, I never uh, saw it. Uh, yeah, I never bothered either. You're right. There was no need to remake it. No. There's no need to do that. Brian K says the Butler was a riot. The Butler was a riot in that movie. That's, who played the Butler in that movie? I don't know. <laughs> All right, anyways, let's get to our battle of the podcast draft. So, uh, Deary, you and I are technically in different leagues. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have your login and I can't show yours because I, unless I can find yours, is there a way to like, you could send me a link to yours that I can look at it. Isn't aren't all leagues public or is that not true? Yeah, I thought they were too. Cause you brought mine up before. Didn't you? Did I? Yeah, I thought no, you I did. was in it though. Wasn't I in it? Uh, no. See, look, there's a battle of the cut. I don't, if there's an overall. Yeah. There, unless there's an overall here, let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah. There's an overall component. It says, but it doesn't show anything with the standings because the season mm. hasn't started. So, all right, whatever. Uh, oh, I got it up so in front of me. We're good. Arthur Tornabinzales is art from fucking Triple Play. <laughs> <laughs> so art is? You know, I was going to say, the one guy I know is art from Triple Play. <laughs> what up, Art? I didn't know that was you, little cheesecake. Okay, cool. I had no idea. That's fantastic. What a beautiful name. A sexy man. You should go by that name more often, Art. Yeah, so we've known Arthur. <laughs> oh, big time. We know exactly For a little who bit Art now. Is, he never goes by Arthur. He goes by Art. I actually, I think I know more Arts in my life than I've ever met Arthur's. I think that's true. Remember that guy, Art? They had those commercials on ESPN. Like, he was a former linebacker. He was like this old dude. He had a buzz cut. It was weird. No. Strange time. Oh, he played for the Colts, like the Baltimore Art, Don- Art Donovan. Yeah, that's right. He Art was Donovan. in all the old school, like, ESPN, like, uh, or the NFL film stuff, the Steve Stone uh, productions that he did back in, like, the 80s and 90s that we always watched. They were always oh. interviewing that old dude. <laughs> Art Donovan. Uh, so I alluded to earlier in the show that we've had too many Battle of the Podcast reviews. So Battle of the Podcast is put on by Zach Waxman, Draft Champions Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. He's got his uh, own thing going on in his own world now. He's definitely created some wild entertainment recently. He did this Dr. Dave thing with our friend Dave McDonald, which if you haven't seen, it's hilarious. He created a Twitter handle, and then he did a show where he cobbled together like a half hour of Dave McDonald responding to questions he's asking him just from the clips he has of audio. It was brilliant, really well done. So, yeah, we're big fans of art too, no doubt about it, Brian. Big fans of art. Woo! 
Follow Art on the Triple Play Podcast Network over there. Sub their YouTube channel. They're growing and they're good people. In fact, uh, D. Mendy just got hired at Fantasy Pros today, so congratulations. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yay! That's exciting. Uh, I feel like people like this applause better than the... Uh... Shout. I really... Well, no, I love shout. Shout. Shout's great. We're never going to get rid of that, even if it's jarring to the listener. I don't know because I don't listen to the show, but I've heard stories. Uh, I was thinking this is just doesn't sound as good as the applause. Stupid mad guy. Yeah, it crackles in the headphones. Sounds terrible. That's your Madden 94 crowd, folks. Anyways, think, uh, it's also the Blades of Steel uh, when you're coming out on the ice before uh, they play the music. <laughs> so Blades of Steel was an arcade game. I saw this on TikTok or something the other day. I was like, oh, wow, this is an arcade game? Cool. What? It was an arcade game before we hit the NES. I saw this arcade version of it. So. I was an arcade uh, kid. I never saw it. He's an arcade kid. That's what he is. He's arcade dairy. By the way, uh, I used to go to the arcade in the 80s and 90s. It was a lot of fun. But the arcade's dead now and no longer exists. So let's talk about this Battle of the Pods draft. I'm going to pull up my draft first, and then we can't show yours because I can't find it. So we I can, can talk, talk about, about mine. I, I got share. at least... Uh... Yeah, yeah, you could talk about it. Yeah, for sure. I can't show yeah. what you're doing here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth 12. here. Okay, so here we go. Oh, yeah, it's real big. I can uh, really see it. <laughs> can you see it or no? No, of course I can see it. Oh, you can see it now. No, What's I can see like? it. No, it's fine. Yeah, it looks good. What's happening? I know. All we right, both so had, we both had pictures. Right here. That's right. And we covered some of the picks prior and if you want to hear detailed breakdowns of this done better than we do it, you can listen to the the High Stakes Heat podcast with Dave McDonald and Jake Haluska. They both broke down every single team in detail. It's like two and a half hours. And they broke down my team in detail for like 10 minutes and really ripped it. So good news for me on that one. <laughs> where, are you projected um, so to fin- on- where are you projected to finish, Mike? Did you look at that? Oh, does it tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, you could find that. Oh, I didn't look at that yet. Why can't I zoom this in? Can you guys see? Is this? Can you even read this over here on the right? I mean, if I go Why full screen, happening? if I go full screen, I can see it all just fine. There we go. I'm going to zoom in like this. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, we I, don't care about uh. Here I am on the far right. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So just oh oh boy. So I'm on the far right here. I start, We covered this before, some of the early picks I did. Where I got in trouble is the first three picks, Bueller, Devers, and Sale. I wanted to set the tone with elite starters I can count on, but what I realized after the fact is this draft is loaded with starting pitching, so I didn't need to do that. I should have just gone <laughs> one starter at best. In fact, I didn't need to do it at all. I didn't need to take Chris Sale, but I did, and I regret that now, but I didn't know that. I learned a lot of lessons here, and I'm trying to teach you guys now what I learned because I wasn't ready. So this was my first, like, um, diving into 2022 full board draft, and I wasn't prepared. I'm still working on my own rankings of projections, so it's not a done deal yet, and I admit that freely. So after sale, I took Randy Rosarina. I like that, too. But then I took Jose Barrios, and as Jake Kalusker and Dave McDonald pointed out on their show, it was overkill taking Barrios when I already had sale in Bueller. It's overkill. It's too many starters. I should have gone a different direction, and I wanted to go in another direction like Jonathan India, a second baseman, Jose Altuve. Those were guys I was looking at. But instead, I took Barrios and Brian Reynolds. I don't regret the Brian Reynolds pick, but I should not have taken Barrios. I regret that. And if you look down scroll, here, scroll, scroll, I could have scroll had back Juan up. Franco. 
scroll scroll back up here because I I love Barrios where you got him. I think Barrios always has the potential to be a top six, top seven starting pitcher, and I think he's going to be fantastic this year in Toronto. Um, I'm I'm just trying to see who else you could have gotten in, instead of Sale. I think Sale is going to be very good this year, but yes, it's a little overkill. Three of your first five pitch picks being pitchers, and when there is some good value later. Myself, I took two pitchers. I took pocket aces to start. I took Bueller and Scherzer. I've never done that in a 15 team. Um, so I'm just kind of looking to see what other hitters you possibly could have gotten there. So it looks like t- wow, Salvador this is, this Perez, is... Tyler O'Neill, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, Jordan would probably be the one that I I like there. Um, it's interesting. We'll go back over. Where did uh, Salvador go? Two picks after Randy Rosarina was my pick on the turns. Two picks per turn. I took Sale and Rosarina. Then it goes Peralta, Sal, Tyler O'Neill. Would Robbie you Ford. would you think about taking that catcher number one, Salvador Perez, who is light years above every other catcher in terms of what the production should be in terms of ADP coming into the season? Would you have thought about Salvador there in the third round? That seems a little early for me. Not at all. Well, it's Good. the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. And yeah. Salvador Perez is a guy that I think just went way too over the moon last year. I can't buy that again. I don't like to buy guys after just ridiculous years. He'd never. Yeah. He's a good power hitter, but he's not that great of a power hitter. So I don't know. I, I just didn't want to do it. I wish I had taken down. I wish I had taken Jordan Alvarez because he went yeah. six picks later. And that's a great play for Matty Wood. Shout out to him. <laughs> Matty Davies. He gets Jordan Alvarez, which is great news for him. So, yeah, that's gets, that's the one there. That's that's close to 100 runs. That's 115 RBIs. That's close to 40 home runs. If he's healthy, he's going to just absolutely mash over there. Um, I'm actually surprised he didn't go a little earlier. Um, Tyler O'Neill goes ahead of him. Is that correct? Oh, wait, no, this is on the way back. No, you're right. No, yeah, Tyler oh, yeah. O'Neill. No, I am right. So, Freddie Peralta, uh, who, I, who I do like a lot. So then the Brios pick and Reynolds. Brios and Reynolds in the next two picks. And I, uh, the Brios pick is dumb. I do like him, but it was overkill. And I, I agree. I would done, have done it. Well, then he went Verlander three three rounds after that. So you take yeah, pretty much four number ones in the first, what, nine rounds? Yeah. And starting pitching is the best part of this. I learned this after the fact. There's a lot of starting pitching depth that I love a lot. So I would not. I would go much more hitter heavy next time, and I will. Mm-hmm. I assure you that. I'll give away my strategy. I don't care what anybody says. I'll tell you everything that's on my mind, and I'll still win. And the thing about this is I don't care about taking closers early still. Even if people are putting a premium on closers early more than ever, I'm still not doing it, and I'm fine with that. If I hadn't taken Barrios, I could have had Chris Bryant. Don't care. I could have had Wander Franco or Jonathan India. I would have liked to have one of those two. And I could have had Will Smith, a catcher, who I would like to have as well. Yeah. Or Jose Altuve, who all went in this round after the fact. Baez goes ahead of Altuve here. I'm just looking at kind of like positions here. Second base shortstop eligibility. Edmund. So obviously Edmund goes there because of his steal potential. I think Altuve is being a little undervalued here. Yeah, I think slightly. Altuve goes in round six here. That's that's Jazz kind of... Chisholm at the end of six. I think Jazz Chisholm is uh, due for a rough season. Oh, boy. I, I'm kind of feeling that, too. That's why I avoided him. I'm a little concerned. Jazz Chisholm does 
concern me with the strikeouts and uh, the WRC plus of 98 total for the season. Uh, I actually talked about this on the podcast I was on. I should have mentioned this at the top. Man, I'm totally blowing it. I was on a podcast Monday with Matt Goodwin and Jared Perkins. And I really wanted to mention this at the top. So make note of this now. Make note of this. I was on a podcast talking about not just baseball, fantasy baseball. We talked about the Tyler Skaggs thing. And I want to talk about that too. Man, I'm all scattered today. I'm blowing this show. Let's, let's, guys, let's I'm not this, doing the show that you deserve. This, I want you to know that now. Let's hit this stuff at the end. Okay. Because I, I want to talk about it too. Okay. So anyways, uh, Brian Reynolds, I love. I love it. I love it. Tyler Stevenson, people gave me shit for this. I took Stevenson and Justin Verlander at this turn. I love Stevenson, but apparently Dave and Jake say his power is not going to show. I seem to disagree with that. So I guess we'll find out who's right or wrong. But it does look like a reach on Stevenson for those of you who don't love him. But a lot of the I, other big catchers were gone, and I wanted to get him. So is is this is this on the turn on the way back, or was Grandall already gone? Grandall went four picks prior to Stevenson. Okay, so Grandall's already gone. I mean, so we're getting the DH Grandall in the National League, so Stevenson could have the opportunity to DH when he's not catching. Exactly. Uh, sure, sure. Not having the power, like we'll see if the power develops. I think he's projected in most places to be a ten to fifteen home run guy, but I think he's going to be able to hit for pretty good average. And he had some good stretches last year. I like him as a nice breakout, so I, I think that's a good hit there. Uh, I think Verlander is going to have a really good season. I mean, there's a oh reason this guy's a Hall of Famer. If you think about it, he's had more time to recover than t- from Tommy John than most guys, and. There's a reason this guy has been a stud who can put up 220 innings for many, many years. He may not get to 200 innings. I think his ratios are going to be incredible. He's going to strike out a ton of people, and he still pitches for a good team. So I, I think Verlander, I mean, Verlander's your fourth starting pitcher. I mean, in most cases, he's probably a, a, a SP3 for a lot of teams that have two really good ones ahead of him. So I, I think that's awesome getting Verlander as your four. Yeah, it was overkill, but whatever, I did it. So I could have had Willie Adamas. And some other DJ LeMahieu. I don't really want him, but no, I guess people God. like him. Yeah, it's hot. average runs. That's kind of like all you're getting from DJ. Uh, yeah, like maybe yeah, that, that bounce, that bouncy ball is what helped DJ hit those home runs a couple of years ago. <laughs> Next, I took Ty France and CJ Crone. I love France, but people said I took him too early, so I don't think so. I think he continues to grow, and that bat just gets even better this year in a lineup that is always on the rise so i'm i love it i know we're good there i love louis urias too from milwaukee who went right after cj crone i could have had urias but i'd rather have ty france than urias i would although urias could get some more steals and that's so so for france can he develop any type of power i think he absolutely can bat 300 can he bet get any type of power and i'm also really interested where he's going to bat in that lineup because i we're going to talk about the mariners a ton this year because they just have so many interesting valuable fantasy players CJ Crone, I think he was undervalued last year, ended up having a good year. He's still in Colorado. I have him as a top 10 first baseman this year. His OPS is going to be really good. He's going to hit a ton of home runs when he's there. And something like this, which is which is a draft and hold, I think he's going to be really, really valuable. So I think that's a that's a great pick for you. Oh yeah. All right, so then and Andre Jimenez and Taylor Rogers on the next turn. I really think Taylor Rogers is going to have a good season as their closer. He could be traded. He is a lefty. Sure, that's a risk, but this is low risk because we're in round 12 by then. This is the 11-12 turn. That's fine with me. 
Andres Jimenez, I may have jumped too early, but I really think he's talented. But if you start to break it down, there's a lot of middle infielders in Cleveland. They got Owen Miller and Yu Chang and all these dudes. Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario might have made a mistake, but I think Jimenez can have a 2020 season. But the guys who are from Cleveland, Jake and Dave, once again, we're referencing the High Stakes Heat podcast. No Jake, no Dave. Follow them. They're real wizards with this stuff. They said they're not really excited about him, so that's a red flag because they should know their team better than I do, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Josh Rojas, they said I reached on Rojas, but Rojas can, is a power speed guy who's going to get to play a lot in Arizona, and I actually think the Diamondbacks are woefully, they're being really underrated now. they got a lot of talented guys there, and their record should not have been as god-awful as it was in 2021. They had that record losing streak on the road. They were just so bad, but they didn't fire Tori Lovello, their manager. And I think they know they have way more talent than the record indicates. And I expect a huge bounce back from them. And I think Rojas is a big part of that. I think it was a smart move to, to hold on to Lovello. I think he's a a real good professional manager and they're young and they got guys like Dalton vault or uh, Dalton Varsho coming and, and Rojas showed some flashes of brilliance last year. Varsho is one of the most interesting people to talk about in fantasy because of his dual eligibility with being able to play the outfield and catch and be able to steal bases in a position that you're not going to ever get stolen bases from outside of JT real Muto that maybe gets you double digits. So he's an interesting guy to talk about. Scooble and Adolis Garcia, we talked about this on a previous show. We both took them. That's fun for us, which is hilarious because we're not Adolis Garcia fans. But you take <laughs> a player, if it can fill a void, even if you don't love them, at a certain point they provide value that you need, and he will. He's going to be hitting cleanup in that Texas Rangers lineup. I'm fine with that. I love Carson Kelly this year. Huge fan of his. Everyone talks Dalton Varsho, but now the DH is official. Carson Kelly's stock is even going higher. He will play a lot. Mark Canna. Scores a lot of runs last year. He can score runs and get on base in a Mets lineup where I know they got a lot of extra pieces. Players are going to be gone and people are going to get hurt. So I expect him to play plenty and they signed him for a reason. He signed there for a reason, I believe. Yeah, it, Ken- you know, it tends to work out when you look at places where it gets really muddled with too many players. You look at like the Yankees situation with a guy like Luke Voigt, whose ADP is way down there right now. And people are like, well, how is he going to play even if Rizzo comes back to the Yankees or they go out and sign Olsen? If you're a good player, they will find a way to get you in the lineup, especially with with injuries or maybe they need to move off somebody. Uh, you know, a guy like Luke Voigt in New York, I think even if they trade him, he's going to be starting somewhere and going to be able to get that the at-bat. So I think it's it, it's similar right there. All right, this could go on forever, but uh, yeah, I'll just fast forward. Jeff McNeil, was, he's just fallen way off the map. I think it's a lot of value now, the way he goes around pick 300. It's hilarious. I'm fine with that. I love it. Uh, James Karinczak, everybody hates him now. Apparently he was very, <laughs> very, very... He was pro-gunk. Like, he mastered the gunk that's what people say about him without the gunk he's lost i guess we'll he find was, out but we all he was a dog he was a game. darling last year he was going so high in so many drafts and as we got closer and closer he kept rising and and i was off just because i thought he was just too volatile with the with the propensity to walk people and then emmanuel class a ended up uh taking over that closer role but i mean think about it this way i mean karen check is a guy who has good stuff who can strike people out and there's value in when you're drafting 50 guys to get guys who are going to be middle relievers who could have a chance to fall into a save and may end up as a guy who ends up closing for teams. So I think that's a decent pick. Yep. Then from there, there's guys that are just flyers here. It's fun. The deep plays. Edward Olivares always gets screwed around with in Kansas City. I really hope he gets a chance to thrive 
and B, given an opportunity to play a lot more. But there's also a lot of outfielders there that they've kept around, so I could have made a mistake there. Uh, I took like four different Seattle relievers, so I'm trying to lock in a guarantee that I'll have at least the closer of record for that team somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, so that's how I did that. I, I, I don't think we're going to know who the closer for Seattle is truly until several months into the season because they have some guys that can certainly give you some value. I mean, with, with Castillo, Seawald actually showed us last year that he can strike out a ton of guys. We're truly not it, – it could be a mix, uh, you know, a mix of, you know, playing matchups and, you know, playing uh, whoever's hitting to figure out who's going to be able to get saves. I think a bunch of them are going to have over over 10 to 15 saves. Yeah, I took Andres Munoz way down here. He's healthy and back. He was one of the prizes from San Diego a couple years ago. Coming off surgery, should be ready to go. Dylan Bundy, still alive. This is a deep cut. <laughs> he's going to throw innings in Minnesota. They're going to need him, so it's worth it at that point. Austin Martin, maybe I took him too high here, but I feel like there's an opportunity. Kevin Smith of Toronto, same thing. Aristides Sacchino. Now, their outfield has opened up, but with the DH being DH. added in Cincinnati... This is an opportunity for him to get more. He's built for this. He's born for that. Yep. It's really yeah. exciting. I feel yeah, good he's, about that he's, now. he's one of those guys, and I, I think of the situation that possibly could happen over in Philadelphia if Castellanos ends up over in Philadelphia. Castellano, uh, Castellanos doesn't have to play right field. It can DH half the time. I think that's going to be incredible for Philly. Oh, Nelly, no doubt about it. Okay. Uh, oh, my God. Do we look weird now? Why do we look smaller? Why does this? Oh, I made this bigger. That's why. <laughs> Wait, Art. That's happening. I feel weird right now. Everything's zoomed. Well, it's too bad we can't show mine. <laughs> I know. I'd love to see that. I really would. So I apologize for that. All right. There it is. That's some of my thoughts there. I kind of sped through it. So let's talk about yours openly. What did you do? Why did you do it? Go ahead and just freely share your opinions. Yeah, so I'll hit on a few guys here. So I went pocket aces to start. I went Bueller, Scherzer. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of chatter on our favorite social media website twitter about bueller maybe being a little overvalued that his projections shouldn't be as good as they are he had an incredible left on base percentage last year babip seemed kind of weird they think last year the year before maybe an outlier i don't think so this is the guy's fourth year in the season he's going to eat up a ton of innings he's on a excellent team so i absolutely love bueller then i went pocket aces by getting scherzer next uh 37 years old now similar to verlander there's a reason this guy's a hall of famer he's going to be an innings eater he's going to strike out a ton of people after that you know i go marcus Simeon. i think this is where maybe i could have gone a different way uh you know Simeon led the league in plate appearances last year with 724 uh his launch angle rose to 20 percent or uh, 20 20 degree launch angle last year hard hit rate was career best uh, they've made some changes over there in in Texas, so I he may not have that season that he had in Toronto, but I still think he's going to be dependable enough. As my first hitter in the third round, maybe it's a reach, um, but I I think he's still going to be okay. He's still going to be one of them top five, you know, second baseman in the league. Took Matt Olson in the fourth round. Love the plate discipline he showed last year. His K rate went down to sixteen percent. Uh, his O contact and opposite field. Hits uh, absolutely skyrocketed last year, so I absolutely love him. Uh, Castellanos, the year after uh, pick after that, you know, Castellanos is just going to be dependable as they come. I really love to see him possibly signed with Philly. Don't see him going back to Cincinnati. He is um, a bad, bad man. <laughs> 
Thinking of maybe some of my reaches or mistakes, uh, you know, I took Ian Anderson in the ninth round. So this is the third pitcher I took. So That's Ian right. Anderson was someone who really, really rose to the top in his rookie season, had a great year. Last year, kind of a down year based on what he did in that half season as a rookie, but it was still a pretty good year. The thing will be, can he harness his off-speed stuff? He's still young. That K rate went down a little bit. Um, curveball's got to get a little better, but as my number three, I still think I'm okay with that. Uh, after that, yeah. I took Alex Verdugo. I really like Alex Verdugo. He's a guy who's going to bat 300. Uh, it all is going to depend where he bats in that lineup. If he bats later in that lineup, he has the opportunity to get a ton of RBIs. And he's a guy who could steal 10 to 15 bases. Uh, it's know. so funny. Like anymore, man. You don't like he's him anymore, problems. right? He's got constant back problems. It's always going to be, it seems like it's a problem. That's why I'm bothered. He's a great I got, player. I got back I problems like too, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not relying on you for my fantasy stats. <laughs> After that, Scooble and Adolis, it's so funny that both of us took those guys back to back. Um, Scooble, he's going to be a fun pitcher to watch. He's going to have flashes of brilliance. He'll probably finish in the top 15 to 20 in Ks. Uh, but he could have some frustrating days as well. The biggest issue with Scooble is he gives up a ton of home runs. So hopefully you are fake news. Hopefully Chris Fetter can work with him here in the off season. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah. yeah. I, I took a bunch of guys in terms of like, uh, you know, possible save opportunities. So like what's going to happen in Boston, Garrett Whitlock had a really good season last year. He's not a guy who strikes a ton of people out. Barnes is the guy that strikes a lot of people out, but maybe Boston's falling off Barnes a little bit. Maybe Whitlock is the guy here. So he could have closer opportunity. He had a really scary Babbitt with, which does uh, concern me. And he had an amazing left on base percentage, 1.96 ERA last year, um, but he's above average on all pitches. So I think he's going to possibly have the opportunity to end up closing there. But like you Nerd! said, Mike, you, you, you stayed away from closers, and I absolutely get it. Uh, it it's something maybe you're not punting close, uh, you know, save opportunities and closers in many leagues, but it's volatile. Like, there's maybe four or five guys that are completely dependable, and you can't even throw Roldis Chapman in that anymore because, you know, he could be injury prone. He His walk rate was absolutely out of control last year. He's thrown so <laughs> many innings over the years, it could be over for him. So. Yeah, it's a joke. But he's he actually, I like Chapman. I think he'll he they still give him all the opportunities. So he the, still the, up 30 saves this year. If you can get him in the right spot, I think the value has dropped a little bit in terms of his ADP. So, like, I mean, he'll still he'll still end up with 30-plus saves if he doesn't get hurt. So, going further down into the draft, uh, 15th round, I took a guy, uh, Nathaniel Lowe. Um, it seems like I have Rangers love in this draft. I took Simeon. I took Nate Lowe, Adolis Garcia. Um, Nathaniel Lowe has the opportunity to steal 10 base, 10. 10 bases at first base. Uh, you're not going to get that very often. 15th round, he's going to get every day at bats in the middle of the lineup, which I like. Uh, round 17, Ramil Tapia. Tapia. So he's going to bat the top of We both took shitty, Tapia. That's so stupid. He's going to bat the top of a shitty lineup, but he also plays in Colorado, and he's probably going to bat 270, and he's going to have 20-plus steals. So if you can – Pencil in 20-plus deals and possibly 80 runs in the 17th round. I'm going to take that all day. So uh, well, I also I've heard that we're morons for taking him because now Connor Joe is going to be the main man there, and they don't like Toppy at all. Dave McDonald says 
Ronald Tapia is a piece of shit, and Colorado hates him. They are not fans of his at all, and you can expect him to never, ever play. <laughs> so Connor Joe comes up and comes up for, what, half of a season after he spends a lifetime in the minor leagues. I don't dislike Connor Joe, but, I mean, let, let's see it shake out here. I mean, it's not like Tapia was absolute trash last year. Yeah, I think Tapia is a guy who hits for a good average, can steal a bunch of bases, and Colorado is always chaos. So to say that you think Connor Joe is this 29-year-old dude who's coming up to dominate and they want to play him more, I don't know how much you can say that with total certainty. It seems like we have to have Dave on and just kind of refute a lot of things he says because <laughs> he loves to say them with conviction, which I admire. I love Dave. Dave, you know, I love you very much, obviously. It goes without saying, but come on. Coors, the banquet beer. Yeah, so, you know, even looking rounds, you know, 15 all the way down to the end is where I was trying to find saves here or there. I was looking for steals, uh, you know, a guy like Duran with, uh, you know, Boston. Who knows what's going to happen with playing time? But he has 20-plus steal potential if he gets an opportunity to stick with the big club. Uh, you know, Diego Castillo could possibly have a chance to close at some point out there in Seattle. Um, you know, I took uh, – Lutravino out there in Oakland. Who knows what's going to happen in the bullpen out there in Oakland? Is he going to be in that separate setup uh, role? Is he going to have the opportunity to close? So I, I tried filling in, you know, possibly ten to fifteen steals, maybe ten to fifteen saves near near the end of the draft, and then it just gets real wild at the end where where you start taking prospects and you start taking guys, you know, really that you're looking that can have the opportunity to play. Can guys at the end of your draft have an opportunity to get four hundred to fifty? 400 to 450 at bats. Can they have a chance to get 100 innings? So that's really what you're looking for: is guys that can have value, volume at the end. Uh, I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy with tonight. my draft. Um, it was my first draft of the season. Uh, I'm excited to get some of my other leagues going here. Uh, as of right now, I'm in seven leagues. Um, not all of them have drafted. A couple of them are my home leagues. Uh, but once we hopefully get a deal here down the road, we get to spring training. I will certainly. Uh, dip my feet into the water a little more and I'm looking to get 10 plus leagues this year, which is going to be the most I've done in a very long time. So I'm really excited. I've had to face some hard truths tonight. Yeah. Well, we all did. There's no doubt about it. I'm excited for you, dear. I hope all the leagues go well and I hope you have a fun year and I hope there's baseball for it at some point. The bottom line here to review roster construction and strategy. What did we learn for the draft and holds 50 rounds draft champions, NFBC, Starting pitching is so plentiful. You get in those rounds after 30, the last 20 rounds, I see a ton of starting pitching that I love. If you're building a team, do not go with starting pitching early. Get your hitters. Go hitter heavy. Go hitter heavy. You're going to find a lot of starters that you like later. I took, yeah, I mean, to to that, just sorry to interrupt, Mike, but to your point, like, in round 20 and 21, it's a Casey Mize and uh, Luis Patino. I think both of those guys are going to have really good seasons. It's going to be whether or not Patino can get the innings. Casey Mize is going to get the innings, and I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. And to get him in the 20th round and Patino in the 21st round, that's pretty damn solid. Yeah, and you know, in draft champions, you get 50 players, do or die. You're stuck with them, and that is it. Forever. Forever. So. Don't make a decision that you regret because you're stuck with it forever. You're right. Smalls knows what he's talking about. That's why 
I really implore you, take those starting pictures later on. Do yourself a favor and take those starters later. Because the hitting and the steals really need to be taken care of in the first 20 rounds. I'm really big on this. You can take flyers later, sure. But this is what I'm seeing. This is what I learned. I want you to learn from my mistakes. Roster construction is everything, okay? You're trying to hit certain thresholds. You're building out your statistical categories so that you meet certain markers at each category so you can win. That's that simple. That's how it works. You should be building out from the stats and then building your draft to meet those stats. And this is something I'm doing more of now and making sure that I'm aware of it and not just saying, oh, I really like this guy and I'm going to draft that guy. Oh, I got all these guys I like. Don't just do that. Don't just be like, okay, I got to list all these players. Start excluding players too. That's true. Players you don't like, but don't rule them out entirely because if they hit a certain point in value, where they go, they go so long. Like a bad example is Sixto Sanchez. He stayed in our draft forever. I mean, he got down to like pick 500 or something. Sixto Sanchez was still available. And then I think Eric Cross finally took him. He's like, screw it. And that video came out. I think it's like, yeah, Sixto Sanchez party could be over. So, <laughs> uh, which was, I'm glad I didn't take him. I feel good about that. I have no. I don't have no desire to take risks like that. The same thing goes with the Byron Buxton. I don't really, I can see why you want to get sucked into it. Eh, hey, take Byron Buxton, dearie. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can see it happening. This is the year. Don't is he going to play 162 games? <laughs> exactly. Don't get sucked into this is the year when you have all this evidence to the contrary. Don't get caught up in that. I'm trying to help you. I want it, you guys to win money. Get that Skrilla. You know what I it, mean? Here's here here's my advice, and I need to take my own advice sometimes. Is man, I'm glad I called that guy. We we watch baseball and we fall in love with certain players. Just because you're in love with a certain player and you like the way he plays doesn't mean he's going to give you the best fantasy value. And when you're going into drafts, you need to create your own projections. Um, and the easiest way to pr- to do your own projections is just look at all the other projections that are going on as a baseline, look into some of the deeper stat cast stuff that is out there and then make your own projections from that. And then when you're building a team, figure out what number you need to try to hit in each certain type of category and start counting those up as you're going through your draft. If you want to punt a category, depending on what type of league it is, head-to-head, I would certainly think about punting certain categories in head-to-head. But when you're doing doing those DCs and those rotos, there needs to be a certain threshold you need to try to hit. And the best way is to take those biases out of that and just start looking at the numbers. It might even be best to just take out the names of players and just start looking at those numbers. Because when you start doing that, it really, really is a wake-up call in terms of how you're going to construct your team and you're going to take away those biases because guess what? When I play fantasy baseball, there's guys that I absolutely love. I love a guy like Mount Ryan Mountcastle just because I love the name Mountcastle. Is he going to probably be a bust this year? Yeah, he probably will be. They've moved the fences back 30 feet. It's his second year there. He'll probably have a solid year, but he's probably being overdrafted right now. I'm in love with him because his fucking name is Mountcastle. What a sweet ass name. I need to get off the fact that I'm in love with him because his name is Mountcastle. And I yes. love the fact that the Orioles have the sweetest uniforms. And I need to try to cut bait with him now. I'm actively trying to trade him in one of my uh, keeper leagues. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty there, dear. Yes, don't get caught up in that Mountcastle love when it's unnecessary. Because it'll come back to haunt you. And you will regret it. And I'll tell you this. I will find you. They will find you. And it will kill you. Deary. 
Question for you. I notice when I'm in multiple leagues, I tend to acquire the same players. <laughs> is it better to diversify? People who are wizards in this world of fantasy baseball expertise say, you got to diversify. There's a lot of players that can fill your needs. I, I, li- I like to diversify, but more than anything, you need to look about how your how your team is run. I'm in so many different types of leagues. I'm in roto leagues. I'm in points leagues. I'm in head-to-head leagues. Head-to-head leagues have always been my kind of bread and butter but we've also played in head-to-head leagues that are really kind of wacky with the types of, you know, categories that we have. I think it's important to diversify. I think it could really hinder you if you, let's say you play in five leagues and you're drafting third overall in every single league. Every single league you're taking Juan Soto, number one in every one of those leagues. What happens if Juan Soto gets hurt? You're fucked in all of those leagues. Obviously, the chances of that happening is pretty low, but... There's so many damn players in the MLB. We have over 600 active players in the league. I think of every draft as an opportunity to go about things differently. So if you know, we just went through that battle of the podcast DC that we're in. I went pitcher pitcher. I went pocket aces. Mike just talked about don't do that. I did it because it's something that I had never done before. Now I had to make up for it in other categories later on. The next DC I'm in, I'm probably not taking a pitcher in the first six rounds. Maybe I'm going to change it up and go all hitters. I like to yeah. diversify, make it different in every single league. It makes it more of a challenge to play that way, I think. But I, I think it's important to not just fall in love with the same players in every single league. Jeff McNeil was a type of player that two years ago and last year I was falling in love with in every single league. And it really bit me in the ass last year because he had a huge down season. Yep. Jack Morris is trash. Yes, it's true. So don't fall for the hype. Don't let the hype get you guys. There it is. Uh, some thoughts on roster construction. Uh, this show sucked. We'll do a better job. We're, we're not doing a good job. I'm letting you down. This is not a quality show. We need to do a better job, and I will make sure to improve going forward. That's my promise to you, okay? When it's not going the way I want it to, I want to maximize the return, give you guys more information and we did offer some decent stuff there, but we spent way too much time on bullshit earlier in the show, and now I regret it. And You know what it's time for, that. Mike. You know what it's time for. What's it time for? It's time for Shine to Ride the Pine. Yeah, you know, I guess that's true. There's still some more signings I'd like to see, but it is time yeah. for that. It's that time of year. We're being robbed of that because we're not going to let them take it away from us. You're right. We will stop. We will get back to basics. We will do what... We want to do with this show. I will find the answers and have fun on my own terms and not let baseball take it away from me. I will find you. Yes. Yes. Fuck. I was waiting for you to drop that. I'm like, yes, please play Daniel Delos from last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before we close the show, Deary wanted to talk about real quickly. So let me go back to this. It was on a baseball podcast Monday. This is a new venture with Matt Goodwin. Shout out to him and Jared Perkins. I love Jared and Matt. They're really cool dudes. And I mean that sincerely. Jared is doing really good work to help the world at large. He actually works in one of the biggest cesspools in the world. So kudos to him for doing that and making it happen. He's trying to make life better for others through health policy. And I love that stuff. That's good. That's fantastic. He's a big advocate for mental health. Everybody says they love mental health. Of course, who's going to be like, oh, fuck that. People don't say that. But you have to also walk the walk. You can't just say, I love mental health. All right. Woohoo. Don't, you can't just do that. You got to put your time and energy into it as well. 
So I was on their show. It's a new venture for them, and I'm really excited about it. I believe it's called The Baseball Project, and I'll pull up their Twitter handle so you guys could follow them and help them grow because it's only their second episode. They had me on. I'll talk about seriousness of the game and the, the the joy of the game, the love of the game. After I'd done my PitchCon thing recently, I talked about why baseball can be fun, and it has a part of a history that connects to us, which is cool. There's also the world of baseball that's a problem so they look at both sides of it they're not just blind one way which i always respect and they talk a lot about mental health and they brought up the tyler skagg story we talked about that and then i talked about my own opioids experience and tried to relate it to the tyler skagg story i remember when tyler skaggs died it was july 1st 2019 it was a month before i moved back here to michigan i remember that i was like oh well uh this isn't a surprise it's a surprise that's who it is but it's not a surprise that it happened because you know, fentanyl has been taking a lot of people's lives and infiltrating all communities, including the celebrities like Tom Petty and Prince and more. So that's not surprising. But what is surprising is the fact that more of the dirty laundry will be aired with this case. Right now, Eric K is being uh, put on trial. He was the one, the communications director or manager for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He worked with the team for about 20 years at least. And he is being accused of supplying the pills that killed Tyler Skaggs. But Tyler Skaggs got pills from everywhere, and other people get pills from all over the place. Baseball, football gets all the talk about, oh, there's opioids everywhere, and you got to need pain pills to play and survive, yada, yada, yada. But it's in all sports. All these sports are rife with them. We had Austin Byler on the show at the beginning of the year here who works with Major League University. It's a great, great program to help people grow the game, understand mental health in baseball and sports and talked about his own experience as a minor leaguer, a legit minor leaguer, who got hooked on it, and it screwed his career, and he lost everything because of it. So, uh, dear, your thoughts on Tyler Skagg's situation, what's going on? Matt Harvey's being blamed now, and his name's being dragged through the mud as somebody who supplied Pergasets. You know, it could be any number of baseball players who supplied drugs to people, like just... I've given even I've given pills to people. In my, oh, here's a pill. Yeah, come on. You know I mean? We could all be in jail. All there's a lot of people could be in jail across the country for somebody who gave somebody a pill once. Yeah, I think you gave me a pill once. Maybe, maybe an Advil exactly. or ibuprofen or something. Yeah. No, I mean these are difficult things to talk about, but they need to be talked about. I mean, the Skaggs thing is going to be going on for the next couple of years here. Obviously, you know, we found out earlier this week about the passing of Jeremy Giambi, which is, you know, unfortunately suspected suicide. If anything, everyone here that are within the game or outside of the game, we're all human beings. It's really odd because we look at MLB players and we put them on a pedestal, but in the end they have the same struggles that we have, whether they make $10 million, a hundred million dollars or 10 bucks a day, they still have the struggles of being a human being. And guess what? No matter how much money you make, it's not going to take away any addiction you have or any type of mental illness that you have. Um, so when you hear stuff like Jeremy Giambi passing away earlier this week, it, it's just really devastating. And then you you hear some of the tweets from former players and, and comments from former players that said, I wish I had gone out and, and said something earlier. They they clearly yeah. had said that he had been struggling for quite a bit. And it's it's just really, really sad. And you know, for us, you know, within the industry or anyone that's listening to us, check in on your friends. If you know that someone is struggling, check in on them the best you can do is just, you know, talk to them. Um, 
you can't fix everybody, but if anything, you can give them some love and be, be, be an ear for them to lean on. And, you know, this Skaggs thing, it's, it's really tough because all these other people are being pulled into it. You know, this person was supplying this or this, this person was giving this to them. And it, sure, in the end, that person is the one who's taking, you know, the, the drugs, but everybody has a hand in it. And, you know, it's really frustrating when you see these things going on and no one else is stepping in and, and stopping it. And I think we need to continue to talk about it. I think access to mental health you know, therapy. I, I think we're now getting to a point where, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, it was, you know, if you had any type of mental illness, you weren't talking about it as much as we are now. And I think being on podcasts and within the industry, it's, it's, it's more important that it's now coming out and it's coming to the forefront, but it's like, what is it going to take? Is it going to take a real big time celebrity or athlete to die from, you know, a suspected, you know, opioid overdose or, or a suicide that, you know, we see that, but then it's kind of like talked about and then it's swept under the rug. I think, I think we need to continue to, to find avenues to be able to get help for those that are struggling. Um, so my heart is, uh, you know, out to all those that have, you know, lost people to, 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 to drugs, to suicide, to mental illness. And, you know, we can continue to just talk about it and be better at it. So, you know, my advice to everybody is continue to reach out, continue to be a friend to those that are struggling and don't judge those that are struggling as well. You know, it's, it's not that easy to go through life. It's not easy for everybody. And we all need to be able to be brothers and sisters together and be able to, you know, talk to each other and lean on each other for help. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jerry. Well said. Fine effort on your part. We're all trying to be better people and help each other. But we all make mistakes, so we need to acknowledge them. But we have to talk about them, too. We can't just talk about all the good things happening. We have to talk about when the bad things are happening and be able to sit in those moments. It's very important to do that. We do that. If we have to talk about real shit, we'll talk about real shit. If we have to crack stupid bozo jokes, we'll crack stupid (laughs) bozo jokes. That's what we do here. Go Tigers. That's right. Either way. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to do better. You know, the lockout has been a tough. It's been a big, big bummer, and I try not to let things be a bummer, but the realism of it has been looming for a long time, and if you listen to the show, you know that. So don't be disappointed in me. Don't be disappointed that I haven't been able to meet an expectation because I'll do better. That's the good news. I know what is expected of me, and I know what I'm capable of doing. And I want us to do a show that is informative, funny, and entertaining. Like, you have some laughs, you also learn something, and you can win money. We want you to win money, laugh, and feel like you're part of something unique here. That's it. Those are the big three. I think those are pretty cool. That's what me and Deary always try to do. So, we do appreciate you guys cracking 200 subs on YouTube. We're on to 250 now. Let's get there. Let's make it happen. Spread it around. Share it with your friends, your baseball pals. Baseball is coming eventually, and it has problems, but we have problems in life. So, really, it's a perfect game for us to be connected to because it it understands us, and we understand it. So, I want to thank Deary for doing a great job today. Broke down his team well. Roster construction and draft strategy with the Battle of the Pods. It's been done ad nauseum, so there's really we need a new draft. We need some more teams to talk about, and uh, we'll do that next week for sure. I think that's it. I think we covered it all. Please follow. I put the link in the live chat here. If you're doing the live stream, if you're on the podcast version, I'll put the link in the description as well for the baseball project with Matt Goodwin and Jared Perkins. Really good dudes. I really just talked honestly and openly about my own experience on that episode. So I hope you find it of use. 
and maybe you'll learn something and or maybe you won't you'll be like this guy just all he does is talk about opioids it's fucking exhausting just shut up dude talk about something else i don't think anyone says that and if they do that's fine that's their prerogative but we love you here, guys. Thank you so much. Plausible Podcast, two L's, two Z. Utah. As we close out the show, Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Follow Deary at C Deary1999. That's a dearly beloved Deary. MJ Govier, G O V as in Victor I E R. Ask us fantasy questions. We're ready to go. We're getting there. We're getting in the groove here. Deary's taking on more leagues than ever. He's pumped. So hit him up. I did I did six hours of research today. Wow, that's incredible. No, I have Thursdays off from work. So I actually went into work. But did six hours of research. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Well done. That's I wanted I to did. use my laptop with my desktop at the same time and have a big desk to spread my notes out. So it was hilarious because I was leaving work and it was like 5.15 and uh, my supervisor was like, oh, Chris, normally you're not here on Thursdays. I'm like, yeah, I thought I'd come in and do some work. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, we close out the show like we always do or we should with Russell Crowe. Chris Deary, I'm Michael Govier. Thanks so much for listening to the Plaza Podcast Fantasy Baseball Show. Take it away, Russell. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers and they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> 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 <laughs>